I just want to start with some questions. Why are churches not causing the impact that they should? Why are prayer services usually the less attended? If we believe there is a heaven and a hell, why are so few people sharing the gospel with others? Why is divorce common among Christians? Why are so many couples living in fornication? Why do so many pastors have to beg people to tithe? Why are pastors always reminding their leaders to be on time, to pray, and to carry out their responsibilities? Why are some leaders abandoning their ministries? Why is the vision given by God to certain pastors not being carried out? Sadly, we must admit that there's only one answer, and it's lack of commitment. So there's a great difference between making a decision and a commitment. And as disciples, we need to understand the difference. So the, the dictionary says that, a, that a commitment is a state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. Other words for commitment are dedication, devotion, allegiance, loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, bond, adherence, and attentiveness. So people have, making a decision is not the same as a commitment. And many people of God's people have decided to follow Jesus, but most of them have yet to commit themselves to him. So there's a great difference between deciding and commitment. There's a great difference between believing and commitment. We can, we can say we believe in Jesus, but so does Satan. But he's not committed. So believing and deciding is not commitment. So commitment remains effective at all times, everywhere, and under any circumstance. And we can say the same about marriages. Why is divorce commonplace? Because one or both spouses were not committed. I was talking to earlier in the week um, with my chiropractor about commitment, and she said, I wish people would just say yes or no. She said, what they say is, I'll let you know. Yeah. She goes to put on an event, and they say, I'll let you know. And it's an excuse, because people, sometimes we, we want to know if something better is going to come along before we say we'll do something. So commitment is the ability to stand firm and resist temptation to abandon or betray during difficult times when it is not profitable or comfortable to do so or even when we do not understand what God is doing. Commitment is the ability to stay loyal and faithful, obeying the promises made to God and men. It also means to be determined, dedicated, available and consecrated to sacrifice, surrender and give of ourselves without reservations. In 1990, we were sent out from this church. Both Roger and I had a scripture. I had one from Jonah in the Old Testament, and he had one from the New Testament we got at separate times. And we went to start a church in Wanganui. And it's really exciting. You're going out to do something for God. You had a word, and, we were, and off we went. So we were in rental accommodation. We'd just bought a house. And we, had, we hired a hall. Everything was ready to go. We put an ad in the paper. And the night before the first service, our 17-year-old son was killed by a drunk driver. What do you do? What do you do when hard times come? 
What do you do when you don't understand what God is doing? What do you do? We could have easily, everything was packed up. We could have just put it all back on a truck and come back here and nothing would have been said. But the, the service was already advertised. So um, Bob and Elizabeth Hamilton came down, Jim and Jocelyn Mason, uh, Donna Walsh took the worship service, Roger played guitar, and we went ahead with the service because commitment. I know that I wouldn't be standing here today if we hadn't. Sometimes when we commit to things in the hard times, God does something. He works in us. And when you're in a hard time and you're having to face difficult situations and you continue to worship God, there's a sweetness that goes up to him and he has to respond. The Apostle Paul summarizes what commitment is in the following verse. In Romans 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That word beseech means to ask someone urgently and fervently to do or give something. So Paul is asking us fervently and urgently to present our bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord. And he says that this is our reasonable service. So we're in control of our bodies. The body is a part, is our, part of our being that has contact with the physical realm and it's used to carry out God's plans on earth. We're in control of our bodies until we, make, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. When we do this, we make a firm commitment to God by which we're consecrated to him. Pastor Dave's been preaching out of uh, Numbers, and if, if you read through in Numbers, they, they took the census, and then they separated the Levites into three groups, the, um, the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merarites, and each one was given responsibility. Each group of people were, were made responsible. There is no responsibility without commitment, and there is no commitment without responsibility. It's the way we grow. Pastor Dave was talking earlier about growing. It's the way we grow when we are responsible for things and then we are committed to it, to see that growth. It's to, uh, when we do this, we make a firm commitment to God to which we are consecrated to him. A few, a few chapters later in Numbers, they were told to set them apart, sprinkle them, cleanse them, and bring them in for service. That was consecration. And we're called to do the same thing, consecrate our bodies to him. People who never sacrifice anything are not truly committed. The word holy means to be separated for God's exclusive use. This means that only God can use our bodies, not the devil. That means you've got to watch some of the things that you watch. Maybe you've got to drop some things off. Some of the things that you say some of the places you go. It's your reasonable service. So true commitment means to be totally separated for God's exclusive use. This should be our reasonable service. 
This is the only thing that makes sense after everything God's done for us. I read a banner once that said the most he did was die for us. The least we can do is live for him. When we practice this, God takes charge of our lives. We begin to ask God if we should return to school, who we should marry, and even how to spend our money. Hmm, how about that one? So commitment is also surrender. There is no commitment without surrender. Jesus surrendered his life to the point of death for humanity, his church, and to save us. In Ephesians 5.25, it said, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus wrestled with it. What if he'd said, Lord, this is too hard. I can't do this. You have to find someone else. Where would we be today? But he, he, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. So he wasn't going to turn back. He was committed. The foundation of commitment is love. So commitment means to make ourselves available. One key to commitment is to be available to God. It's worthless to have a beautiful voice if you don't use it for God and worship. Many people with great talents have a difficult time committing. They regard themselves as indispensable, believing that things will not work out without them. There's a, a friend of mine was talking with the Lord and she said, he said, read the parable of the talents. And so she read it and you know the, know the story. Uh, the, the man with the one talent buried it because he was afraid. The Lord said to her, why did he do that? She said, because of fear. And the Lord said, fear is not an excuse. That man was afraid, but Jesus took the talent off him. He said, you wicked servant. He didn't say, oh, I know you're afraid. It's okay. I'll be with you. He took it off him. So fear is not an excuse for not doing things. If you've got fear or other things that will stop you from making commitments, then that's why the Elijah House courses are on. That's why the Freedom Retreat's on. You need to pursue your own healing. You need to be committed to getting those things out of your heart so that you can be fully committed to serving God. So commitment means to give of ourselves. Um, our attitude should be to give of ourselves in time, energy, finances, and more, first to God and then to other people, such as our family, our Christian brothers and sisters, and even the unbelievers. Proverbs 11.30 says, uh, The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. And 2 Corinthians 8.5, They gave, first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. One of the things is when, um, after Jeff was killed, we brought our middle son, had stayed up here. He came down to Wanganui, and he uh, got involved with the music down there at the school, and he wanted to go on a music tour. And we said, okay, that's fine. He was a bass player. Uh, Terry had taught him to bass when he was here, and he, so he went in, and we signed up for that tour. A few months later, he came home, and he said, I want to be an AFS student. That's an American field scholar, which they get sent overseas for a year. And we said, well, this is costing a lot of money. 
we were on minimum basic income. The church wasn't big enough to support us at that stage. We just started. And so he said, um, I'll give up the music tour and I'll because I'll go on the AFS one. And we said, no, you committed to that music tour. Believe if you carry through with your commitment, you're the only bass player. If you pull out, you're going to let those people down. And it, it may not even go ahead. So we believe that God will, will bring the finance in. And that's exactly what happened. If we put it all on paper, it didn't work out. Couldn't work it out. I don't know how God did it. But the finance came in because of commitment. He was committed to go through. So what's the opposite of commitment? Well, the opposite is apathy. In addition to negligence, lack of interest, indifference, and passivity. Think about it. A few years ago, we'd, we were um, pastoring in Napier by this time, and friends of mine in, in, uh, of ours in, in Tauranga were pastors, had been to a camp, and they said, you've got to come next year. And I thought, mm. And I went, I'll try. You hear that one? I'll try. I didn't really want to go. And Rod looked at me and he said, if you try, you'll never go. So I went, oh. so I said I would go. Well, I went the following year to this conference and it changed my life. It was Pastor Steve Gray from a World Revival Church in Kansas City, but at that time he was Smithton Outpouring. He, he was a pastor who went away. Uh, he'd lost hope and he went down to the Pensacola Revival. And, um, but the key was that the men in the church said, why does our pastor have to go away to find God? And they committed themselves to praying and seeking the Lord. When he came back, revival hit. We talked about this morning about revival. Revival won't come unless we're committed to pursue God. It will take commitment from you and I to do the hard things and to stay the course, to, to cry out to God for the revival. God comes, doesn't come so much where he's needed, he comes where he's wanted. When we want him. So apathy is people who lack feelings, interest and emotions, those who are passive and careless. Apathy also means the loss of passion and not having the fire of God. Hmm. People who are apathetic to God's presence and power are also indifferent to people's needs. Indifferent to God's presence. Why does our pastor have to get up on a Sunday as he did this morning and encourage us to worship? Why did after a message like he brought when he'd said about he's been praying during the week and that message that he brought, why weren't we all down the front seeking God? It requires a response. We sit back and we say, oh, well, we're Kiwis and we don't do that. But we've got to change. We have to change. We need a response. We need to respond to the Word of God. When the pastor gets up, we need to respond to what he's saying. So the, <laughs> the opposite of love is not hate, but indifference. Think about the worship. 
Think about if we were all committed and we were all here at 10 o'clock ready to worship, what difference would it make in this service? What difference would it make in our nation? What difference would it make in the city? If we were committed, ready to push in to touch the heart of God. When we reach out with our hearts towards God, He cannot help but respond. We say the presence of God comes and the presence of God is here, but we want a greater presence. We want this place to be filled with His glory. It requires you and I to be committed, reaching out and together. We need each other. It's not a few people going to do this. It's all of us together doing this. So apathy also means to have a wandering and vagrant spirit. In Acts 19.13, it says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And we know what have happened. You can go and read the story because uh, they were overcome. They were overtaken. They didn't get, they weren't delivered at all. They had no relationship with Jesus. And they were following a formula. No commitment to follow Jesus. No relationship, no, just a formula. And it didn't work. Wanderers or vagrants refer to people who never commit. They don't have a permanent residence and they move around from place to place. They want everything without ever having to pay or invest anything, and they cannot be counted upon to build or edify. These people benefit from the church, but never contribute. They never contribute anything to benefit another person. They move from church to church, doing the same everywhere they go, seeking to satisfy their own needs and never committing to serving God or his people. No responsibility, just me and God. But when we come into a body of people like this, there is responsibility. There is commitment. We are to look after. We're bearing one another's burdens. A person with a vagrant spirit will not commit. So in James 1, 2 to 3, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So our commitment to God is tested during difficult times and tribulation. In the midst of a crisis or whatever's happening around us, the best place to be safe and secure is to be committed to God. When circumstances become difficult to handle, we don't abandon our service and we continue to be committed to God. The Bible promises we will be rewarded by God because of our commitment. You know, Andrew was rewarded because of his commitment. And after Jeff was killed, we had uh, the following year, I I don't know how it happened, but I went on a conference overseas and it was paid for. We never asked for any money. We never even really prayed. It was just that these opportunities came by. Roger went to Canada to seek some healing and uh, that was paid for. These things, you you cannot outgive God. God honours our commitment. He honours our commitment to him. He knows how hard it is, and he will honour it. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So if the musicians would like to come. 
The power of commitment will be seen in our lives and our families when we harvest God's blessing, protection, and provision as we are faithful in seeking and serving him. Faithful in seeking and serving him. So today, there's a lot in there. A lot to think about. Why are churches, why are we not causing the impact that we should? It's lack of commitment. And today, as you've heard about presenting your body a living sacrifice, I believe God's calling us afresh. He's calling us today, after the worship we've had and the messages we've had and what Pastor Dave has shared, we have, he is calling us today to make a fresh commitment to him. Will you do that? Will you commit yourselves? Will you present your body a living sacrifice? If you've never made a commitment to the Lord, if you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ, will you do that today? If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, will you make a decision today and then go on to make a commitment to him? Will you come? I, I just ask you to stand. And as, we, as the musicians play, it says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. If you're lacking the fire of God, if you're lacking the passion of God, and we are because we're not all up the front on, at 10 o'clock ready to pray, ready to worship. So there's a passion and a something lacking in us. Then I invite you to come forward and find that passion. Meet with God. This is between you and God. But let us become a church that is committed to seeking after Him. Amen? A church that's committed to doing what He wants us to do in service for Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't hold back. You want to present? Come. Don't, don't hold back. You need to come. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Lord, I'm presenting myself afresh today. I want to, I want to commit my life to you. I want to follow after you and what you do. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The fire of God. We want the passion. I want passion. I'm speaking to myself as well. I want the passion of God, the passion of God to be in everything that I do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come and just lift your hands and worship this morning. Come on, just lift your hands and worship. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your commitment to us. Father, we thank you for the great price that you have paid. Father, I thank you for the call that you have placed on us as a church, as individuals, Father. Father, today we come in our hearts, whether we've come to the front or whether we're just standing in our seat, it's all good. I pray today, Holy Spirit, that your fire would come and consume our lives afresh today. Father, with the commitment that you have given us, Father, we make covenant relationship with you afresh today, that you would use us powerfully, that we would touch this nation and beyond in Jesus' name. Come on, all God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. I want you to put a great hand towards Pastor Jenny. What an amazing job. Amazing message. Come on, today we honour you and Roger.
amazing. I really want to just encourage you on this. I don't ever want to become a church that just goes through a religious motion and we discover that the Spirit has left the building. Actually, commitment is something that is required in order for us to fulfill what God has for us to fulfill. We would never do it otherwise. And for me personally, my the level of commitment can either be just down here or the highest level of commitment is covenant. And that is this, doesn't matter what you do, I'm with you, I'm with you. A covenant relationship is a bond that is not easily broken. And I wanna encourage you today, if you are considering just hopping churches, I wanna challenge you, I don't believe that you'll ever discover the fullness of what God has for you. If I did that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I have options just like everybody. But my covenant commitment is with you, with God, God has entrusted to you. I have options. I've got places that I could easily go to. But I am here because I believe in you. Regardless of what you do or say or how you show up, I am committed to you. That is why I'm here. I am committed to your growth. I'm committed to relationship with you. I'm committed together as a church that we can see our nation be transformed. That is why I'm here. One of the main reasons why I'm here. I encourage you and I challenge you today. Search your heart. Don't wander from post to post. Don't be a pot plant. Make a covenant commitment in your heart that we are here for the long haul. One of the things I, I want to just finish with this. I, I, in my own heart, I didn't ask Jenny to preach this particular subject. I just asked her to preach. But even in my own heart, I have, I've, had, I've made a fresh commitment in my own heart to pursue the Lord with all my heart. Because it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get disappointed. It's easy to let commitment wane or dwindle. It's easy to get, have other options become very appealing. <laughs> But for me in my own heart, I've committed my heart afresh over this, even over this last week to pursue a fresh dimension of God, to pursue a fresh dimension of heaven over my life that will transfer over your lives. I am believing it with all my heart. I'm committed to prayer. I'm committed to fasting. I'm committed to getting under some people, around some people who will lift me up and who will lift us up. One of the things I'm believing for, and I've already set in motion, is I've got a, a New Zealand apostle be coming to a minister into this house. I'm gonna shake this place. I've got a prophet from uh, Africa who will be coming. Uh, he moves in a dimension of power and words of knowledge that will just shake your world. I'm bringing him here because I want to transform our hearts. I wanna transform this place. I'm wanting us to grow in our hearts. I'm wanting us, I'm wanting a fire to be ignited in our hearts afresh. I don't wanna be a church that just goes through a few motions. I wanna have a church where a dimension of heaven is released upon our nation. This prophet that we've got coming, let me tell you about him. He, uh, he would know the name, he could pull out the name of every person in the room. And uh, one of the things he was challenged by was, uh, he, he, he said this, a lady came and dropped her dead boy, brought her dead boy to church. The boy had been dead, or the child had been dead for three days. Three days, we're not just talking about five minutes or an hour, we're talking about rigor mortis. Three days, cold. Laid him on the stage. The people, the 
the ushers tried to get the lady away, and uh, but she she didn't go. <laughs> she did not go. Even the prophet said he was getting annoyed with her. But then she shouted out this. She said, if you believe it, if you believe what you preach, pray. For 10 minutes, the church prayed. Next thing you know, there's a cough. <laughs> Child's alive. I encourage you in this time, if you feel that there is a, a withdrawal or a, a withdrawing, I want to encourage you somehow. Find it in your heart to hold the promises of God. When I found a withdrawing in my heart, one of the things I did, the first thing I did was this. I got onto the prophetic words that God had spoken over my life. I started to pray over them. I started to believe in them. I started to come into an agreement with them. I even found a prophetic word on my phone for somebody else across the other side of the world. And so what I did is I thought, you know what? Even in my depression, I'm still going to send out this message. He messages me back and said, wow, David, you would not believe it. I just needed that word at this time. And it's been on my phone for a year. <laughs> come on, lift your hands one more time. Father, let the fires of revival come and fill our hearts afresh. Father, pour out your spirit over our nation. Lord, you said in your word in the last days that you will pour out your spirit in all flesh, that old men would dream dreams, that young men would have visions. My God, I pray today, pour out revival over our lives today. We commit ourselves afresh to pursue you. Father, pour out your spirit over, over our nation. Again, come on, let's worship him. Come on, cry out to him afresh. You are me, not against me. I am who you say that I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Come on, you are a child of God. I am chosen. bless your people today with peace. I bless your people with prosperity. Father, I thank you that you are for them and not against them. I thank you for your plans for them, uh, to prosper them, to give them a hope and to give them a future. Father, today I stand as the pastor in agreement with your word today. Father, let there be breakthrough, let there be healing, let there be revival on your people today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, I encourage you today, let's pray for people, lift up the people around you, and see you next Sunday at 10 to 10, hungry for the living God. God bless you. Have a great day.